Welcome to Hawks and Lavender Rose, a heart-centered podcast dedicated to community through the foundation of love, trust, and advocacy for conscious living. I am your host, Shauna Galbrand. I, along with my guests and guest co-hosts, are excited to bring you topics that affect our everyday lives as we share wisdom, awareness, experience, and the practice of vulnerability. Welcome to Hawks and Lavender Rose. I am your host, Shauna Gelbrand. Thank you so much for being here with me today. I am joined by friend, Christina Nichols. Thank you so much for being here today, Christina. Thanks for having me. So Christina is a licensed mental health counselor, a licensed B-body positive facilitator with, with over two decades of experience as a healer, therapist, coach, teacher, and guide in a variety of roles and settings. Specializing in the practice of spirituality, Christina utilizes the tools of mindfulness, meditation, guided visualizations, shamanic journeying, active imagination, and self-care techniques that have been passed down through hundreds of generations of healers. She uses a heart-centered, body-positive, and health-at-every-size approach with her clients. She helps clients delve into the depths of their heart, soul, and intuitive knowing to create a true connection with self, body as a temple, and the divine. She is passionate about helping others live a life of fulfillment and balance. Beautiful. <laughs> All of that. Welcome. Thank you again so much for being here today, yeah, Christina. It's wonderful to have you. So let's start with how we met so folks can know how we came to know yeah. each other. And that was through Pathways Institute. Yes. A couple years ago now, right? Yeah. Um, the I keep last ever PMI. PMI, yep. That's <laughs> where I met you. That was put together. Mm-hmm. Um, I still think that was you that was one of those facilitators in my, in my um, what's it called, the airline meditation. Oh. The <laughs> lifeboat exercise. Lifeboat exercise. <laughs> the <Yeah>. airline meditation. <laughs> um, that was a lot. Plus we did, we did work in voice dialogue together yes. too. And you were one of the facilitators yes. for voice dialogue. And I remember making energetic connections with you that were so powerful mm. and affected me in ways that I I never imagined myself being affected. Mm. And sometimes I think, wow, Carol came and puts us through a lot. Voice dialogue is a powerful um, t technique. It sure is. It really has uh, a lot of, yeah, just like groundbreaking, eye-opening stuff that like really gets to the heart of who we are mm -hmm. and the access that we have within ourselves. Which is beautiful. Yeah. Lot, lots of time uncomfortable, but beautiful <laughs> just the same. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So would you like <clears throat> to tell us a little bit? I just said a whole lot about you, but is there anything else you, <laughs> you would like to add about yourself? Um, I'm just really passionate about what I do. And I'm looking forward to um, continuing the work that um, I guess is my life purpose that I'm here to share with the world. Beautiful. And um, 
in particular women, but I guess men can benefit. I guess. <laughs> from it too. <laughs> but my focus has been on working with women, so. Beautiful. Yeah. So what are we going to talk about today? Well, I think I really wanted to just kind of give a little bit of a introduction to who I am or mm-hmm. how I got here and um, talk about the work with body positivity and what that means and how um, how I incorporate that into the work that I do. I'm really excited about this topic yeah. because I believe so many of us could use a little bit more body positivity. <laughs> At least 99.9% of the women I know could use yes. it. It's a big topic that um, I, I'm, I'm loving seeing, you know, in the media and in um, other areas, social media, especially, especially that um, there's so many more people coming forward to um, talk about it mm-hmm. and to really understand what it means and practice that. Right. It's the practice. And we're going to talk about practices, too. Yes. So what was your motivation to become a licensed B-Body Positive Facilitator? So I've, you know, I've struggled with body image since I was a kid, 11 years old, you know, right, hitting puberty and my body changing and not understanding what was happening and, you know, got the typical um, classes in school of like, oh, this is, this is what a woman's body does. And, you know, but it wasn't really like the, the in-depth um knowledge that I just didn't understand Mm -hmm. that all these hormones were rushing through my body my body was changing rapidly and it's like that awkward time you know as a teen preteen where you know people start to have crushes and like you know all of that so um it started young for me and um have really just um struggled with it a lot of my life in terms of feeling like I wasn't worthy or as worthy as somebody else that was in a thinner body and um, just always had that self-consciousness and like poor body image like oh there's something wrong with me because of the way my body looks and all of that so that really was kind of like the start of it Mm -hmm. and um, you know Specifically, when I found that program, because I, you know, went through a program through the Body Positive, um, which is an organization out based in California uh, that does this curriculum, um, I found it and was like, yes, I just want more educate. Like I wanted to educate myself more, and also understand how I could um, just enhance my tools that I already use with my clients um, in more specifically in the body positive realm so beautiful motivation yeah your words sparked a little bit inside of me because i've been dealing with body image for most of my life like yourself Mm -hmm. and i know that mine part of mine stemmed from being compared to my friends Mm -hmm. and wondering why aren't you more like them You know, not me. It was other people questioning. Why can't you be Mm thin-like? And that just set everything in in motion for me to compare myself to other women. I do it all the time. And when I see a powerful woman who is on 
I mean, I, what I don't even know what the right language is anymore, right? But who's on the heavier side of the scale, mm. and she is making a difference in the world. I think, wow. Well, she can make a difference, and I kind of look like her, so maybe I can make a difference too. Mm-hmm. It's okay. I can do that too. Yeah, yeah. And I realized that love was conditional. That if I looked a certain way, then I would be more worthy, more lovable. Mm-hmm. If I looked a certain way, and if I didn't, then I wasn't worthy. I wasn't lovable. Yes. Which just led to a lifetime of beating myself up. Well, I think it's you know yeah I think that it's been drilled into us that we are supposed to look like a certain way in order, especially to be attractive. Right. Right. Like you know you can go back as far back as like in the forties and fifties the um, the ads. The women had curves. Yes, but there was also it, there was also the mentality of this is what a woman does. She looks pretty and she makes the house pretty and she cooks for her man and she has the children and she doesn't complain and she blah blah blah. Like it's literally like <laughs> step by step how to be a good wife. It's all about image. It's and and how you know objectified women have been. Um, you know, if you look at media, um, again, starting way back is, you know, focusing in on one particular part of a woman's body as if she doesn't have a whole body. Right. Right. And focusing on, you know, scantily clad women, like, you know, leaning over a car as it's getting washed or, you know, like all of this is to objectify women and to say, this is how you're supposed to look. You're supposed to be. That's all you are is a package. That's uh, you. That's all you are. It's an object. My mother used to put makeup on before my father got home from work. Mm. I can honestly say I've never done that before my husband's gone <laughs> home from work. <laughs> but there was one time. It was shortly after we were married. You now we've been married thirty-one years. I was wearing sweatpants, mm-hmm. and and this is no disrespect to my parents. Believe me, it's not. But my mother was over, and she asked me, "Aren't you going to change before David gets home?" <laughs> like. What? What do you mean? Right. Because that was her mindset. Mm. They got dressed up for their man. You're right. The house was clean. There was a meal on the table. We, They fulfilled a role. Yes. Yes. And then the diet industry blew up, hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And which is a multi-billion dollar industry that targets people to say, if you don't look this way, then you buy our product because you're not good enough. <laughs> and you need our product, whatever it is, the next, you know, the latest fad diet or, you know. Exercise it, equipment. Exercise equipment or like what are those pills or right. you know, like all of those things um, to look like this, which, you know, the ideal, whatever the ideal is now there's like 1% of the population that actually have that body naturally. Right. And no matter what I do, I could eat healthy and exercise until the cows come home. Right. I am never going to look like Tom Brady's wife, Giselle. Right. That's just never going to happen. Right. 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 And then it's a matter, of, and, and I'm getting a little ahead of us, but it's a matter of that practice of acceptance. Yeah. <laughs> so why is this so important to you? It's something that, again, I've struggled with most of my life, 
And I think that having the conversations about it, opening up the dialogue, because there's a lot of shame around that, right? There's a lot of shame that people carry around about their bodies not being that ideal. And I think that... um, And then apologizing for them, too. Yeah. And people, like... I know I have, and I still do, again, this is a practice that I will be doing, I think, for the, for the rest of my life, but where I have held myself back out of fear of what people are going to think of me or, you know, how they view me when they see me and, um, and fear of just like the shame of like, oh, I'm not, you know, I'm not the ideal. So therefore, I don't have as, you know, anything that of importance to share. Oh, I don't want to get off topic here, but I have so much that I could say right now. All right, I'm going to say it just because this is my podcast and I can do whatever the hell I want. When I was reading your bio, I immediately started comparing myself to you. Mm. And I immediately started thinking that I wasn't good enough. Mm. That you have all, when I read Shamanic Journeying, I'm like, why am I not doing that? So then I started putting pressure on myself to be more like you. Mm. When I see you, I, I see so much beauty, number one, and power and knowledge and wisdom. And there Thank was, you. <laughs> you're welcome. Because, well, we just, we meditated before we started doing the podcast and there was so much, and I wanted to come out of the meditation and tell you, and then I was going to, I'm like, no, I'll wait until afterwards. <laughs> but that's what, that's what happened, that I, I've been intimidated by you at points, mm. because I look at you as a powerhouse, and it doesn't matter what your body looks like to me. Right. You just shine, and I want to shine like you. <laughs> That is the God honest truth. Well, the truth. feeling is mutual. Good. I think we've talked about that yes, before too. Have. That like I was in totally intimidated by you when I first met you, and I thought you were a powerhouse, and and I still do, you know. And I think that's what you know. I, I think, and again, this is kind of going off topic, but like the shadow aspects of like the positive projections, right? Right. Of like what you see in me is also in you, right. and vice versa. And it's hard sometimes to remember that, right? Exactly. It's hard sometimes to actually own that. That, like, when I look at you and I think, wow, she's got it, her shit together. She's organized. She's, you know, a powerhouse. She comes out. She's She knows exactly what she wants to do. She's, like, shining bright. Like, and that's also me. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, harder to, to say, and that's also me, right? Because right? it's so much easier to be like, well, that's. I don't have that. <laughs> That's her, you know. So I think it's um, it's interesting. And the both of us have so much to offer to the world. And yet yeah. we allow, let me speak for myself, I allow my body image to stop me from doing things. Yes. Yeah, I mean, same here. I've, I've done it, you know. And I'm practicing, again, it's a practice every mm-hmm. day that... It's like, okay, you know what? I have way more than, um, I have way more to offer than what my body looks like. Exactly. Right? Like, it doesn't, you know, it's not about the package, although I, you know, learning to love my body every day as well. And outside of the, the constant messages that, you know, my body is not acceptable. <laughs> right. Um, but just to know that I have so much inside. And 
And really, I'm just a channel, like, for the divine, Mm -hmm. right? Like, we all are. Exactly. And we're all a divine expression of life. Yeah. No matter what our bodies look like. Yeah. What does it mean to be body positive? So, I think there's a... This one's a tricky one. For me, what what body positivity is, is really loving and accepting myself and my body as it is. Not thinking that I have to change it in order to be worthy. Um, I can choose to change it, right? right? But the, the obligation part of it, I think, was, you know, this pressure to look this certain way that, you know, again, that I'm not worthy enough until I look a certain way. And so being able to um, just love who I am and my body as it is now. And also it's about educating and really standing in my power that I do have more to offer. And just because I'm in a larger body doesn't mean anything, (laughs) you know? Do you believe that we choose our bodies before we incarnate? Huh, I don't think I've ever thought of that. Really? (laughs) Yeah, like I don't think I've ever thought of that. I feel like we go through the experiences that we need to go through to grow the skills that we need. So yeah, I would imagine then that if, if that's what is needed for me to grow, then yeah, I, I would, I, I would say yes, I, I did believe, I do believe that. Yeah, I've believed it for a while. Yeah. And I, I, that's one of the things that I practice. So I do stand in front of the mirror naked. Mm-hmm. I try to do it every day. Yeah. Some days are easier, easier than, than others. And I remind myself that I chose this body for the lessons I'm here to learn. Mm, and they're, they're pretty clear, right? Yeah. <laughs> they're right in front of me. But that doesn't mean that I can just step over them and, and move forward. I still have to process, you know, the patterns that are in me and the conditioning that's in yeah. me. Yeah. And the lower level, my self-esteem has grown considerably. And I do a lot of work with the solar plexus chakra. But I still have work to do. Mm-hmm. And we were saying this before. I don't know if we were recording. It doesn't matter. But until our last <laughs> breath, right? Yeah. We're, we're doing this work. Yeah, we are. And and the, the, you know, loving our bodies, loving my body is going to be a lifelong practice. Yeah. Some days <laughs> I just want a day off, though. <laughs> don't you? Yeah. Wait, God, we go, I just don't want to do the work today. <laughs> Definitely. Um, <laughs> In your opinion, uh, what is, in your opinion, a holistic approach for body image? So there's, so for me, a holistic approach is the mind, body, and spirit. So looking at our thoughts, what we say about ourselves, you know, that inner critic that we have, that we all have, um, that, and what those beliefs are about ourself. Um, and I think being able to look at what that is and then shift that can be, um, really powerful. Uh, our body is, you know, for me, our body is our temple. It's our sacred temple. It's what houses our spirit. And it, it's what houses the divine that we all have within us. And so it's being able to um, incorporate all of those things. 
I have to be honest, I don't, and I'm not going to get down on myself, but I don't refer to my body as a temple as often as I would like to. Mm. And I think starting today, I'm, gonna, I'm going to do that. I'm going to make a, that's going to be another practice. And that, yes, this is a temple that I chose to be in yeah. for this lifetime. Yeah. And God is with me. You've heard me, or you've seen me post about these things that were made of stars, right? It's, I believe it's everywhere, all in around. I don't see God as something above us and disconnected from us. Right, right. I feel that my body is part of what God is. Yeah. And you're right, it is a temple. And I'm going to make a promise to myself that I'm going to start uh, viewing it and thinking mm-hmm. of it that way. Any other um, opinions on the holistic approach? Um, Any examples that you want to give? You don't have to. I, I'm like, uh, nothing came to mind. <laughs> Let's move on. That's the joy of it. We can have all the fun we want. We don't have to be robots on this show. Why is body body why is body positivity so important? Again, I think with the messages that have been out there for so long that we need to shift how we look at um, women. We have to shift that. And body positivity is a way in which to, it's like a framework, right? To think about our bodies in a different way than just sexual objects and being objectified in whatever way it's being objectified. But that, and regardless of the size, right? Because again, it's like that that same ideal is anything outside of that ideal has been, you know, shamed, has been um, said to be wrong, has been, you know, oh, here's all these products that we can, you know, sell to you to to create that, to continue to create that fantasy that is unattainable. Right. Unattainable. Great word to use. But it's also just educating, I think, and looking at how systemically our society is set up to not support people in larger bodies. Like, for instance, like airline seats, oh. right? And, um, and movie theater seats. And, um, you know, even even like in therapist's office, like the chairs that are in like a, you know, a clinical outpatient setting, let's say, right? There, it's a certain, even like office chairs, you know, if you go into an office building or in colleges, they have, you know, desks still, or even um, in high schools and, you know, the desks are immovable, right? So you have to be able to fit into a certain size desk and it's like, how does that feel for somebody in a larger body that that doesn't fit in that? My husband and I went to see TEDx Cambridge a year oh, or so ago. Wow, wonderful. I think it was at the Boston Opera House. Uh-huh. That was the most uncomfortable evening of my life mm. because the seats, and I mean, I'm not, there are women much, much bigger than me and men. The seats were like this big. Yeah. So I sat down and I was literally like this. The whole time, I'm like, how am I supposed to move? Like, why haven't they done this place over? That's what I was thinking. Put in right. bigger seats. Right, right. Um, so as you were talking, I was reflecting on magazine covers. I was reflecting on Hollywood. I read an article about how airlines are trying to make their seats actually smaller, mm. make everything more compact. And it's it's really difficult. 
I don't read beauty. Well, I don't read magazines anyway. I've never been a magazine girl. But I shy away from any beauty magazines because I have found that as I look through them, number one, they're all airbrushed. I mean, I'm sure you've seen articles about how they look before and how they look after they've been all fixed up. So I've just avoided those because when I did look at those, I felt inferior. Yeah. So I just avoid those. Yeah. And it isn't to say that I don't want to get my body healthier. So you were talking about that a little bit before. It's loving my body regardless of what it looks like now and then making that choice. Yeah, I think I'm going to go exercise today because I know the importance of exercising my body. Mm. Or I think I'm going to be a sloth today, right? So that choice gives us freedom. But I know that this practice of accepting what this is, I mean, it's been with me my whole life. Yeah. <clears throat> How much longer do I want to fight with it? It's a losing battle. Yeah. Yeah. It's I'm I'm hopeful and I love to see now that magazines are becoming more body inclusive, right? And that major companies are taking the stand. I think Dove was the first one not to like throw out, you know, brand names, but Dove Dove went through and did their whole beauty campaign which was amazing and I think that was one of the biggest companies at the time that started that and now you see all of these other companies like I think Calvin Klein just did an underwear ad with a woman with you know a larger larger body and so I think I mean now it's it's wonderful to be able to see in media that you know there are different there's a diversity of body shapes and sizes and I think that that's important. And what did you say? One percent of the of society is that got that ideal? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not like. I, I'm not. Well, at least let's say it's low. It's a very yes. It's a very small percentage of so, the seven eight billion people on this earth. <laughs> when I see, when I see commercials, well, I try to fast forward the most of them. But when I see commercials, I appreciate looking at someone who looks like a normal person. Yeah who isn't this skinny little thing, because not everybody is. Right, exactly. Yeah. Oh, more things are coming up. I know. <laughs> as we're talking. Men- mental notes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's ask you the next, next question here. In your opinion, how and why has negative body image become such a big issue? I think we just answered a I lot of that. I think we did, too. Yeah, I mean, it really is the companies that have been out there, you know, the media, social media um, practices of just, yeah, this is what sells, right? This is what is valued in our country, um, in our society, that that thin is what is the top priority. And that is so damaging to everyone that doesn't fit into that mold. And it's, it's really damaging to those that do fit into the mold and might have body fluctuations because we all do. Right. So that's like the fall from grace, so to speak. Oh, you put on weight or, you know, that it's so damaging to everyone's mental health, right? When we think that, when we have those thoughts, when we see not a representation of us and we then begin to believe that we're not worthy or we're not included, right? That, that just 
you know, perpetuates those those negative thoughts and those inner critics that that impact our mental health, which then impacts our physical health and and our spiritual health. Girlfriend of mine, when I first started teaching yoga, she had interest, but she wouldn't step foot in a yoga studio. Mm. Would not. And she explained to me how she would drive by one near her home, and all these skinny women were coming out. Yeah, yeah. And my girlfriend is on the larger side. Mm-hmm. And she would not step foot inside a yoga studio because she didn't feel, well, I can't answer that for her. But in my imagination was she would just be too uncomfortable with women in spandex. And yoga is for every body. And in our culture, again, up until recently, yoga has been sensationalized as skinny white women. Mm -hmm. And and that is, again, objectifying in some respects, Mm -hmm. right? But that yoga is for skinny white women. And um, that if you don't fit into that mold, then you have no reason to be going to a class. And a lot of times, teachers, like yoga teachers are not taught how to do alternative poses for people in larger bodies that can't get into a a certain pose because of the, the size of their body or just because of their ability, right? I was sitting on a spin bike at the gym and the instructor, my girlfriend Catherine, came in and she came running up to me and she said, how do you feel about getting certified as a yoga instructor? And my first initial response was, no way. I do not have the body to be a yoga instructor. Mm -hmm. Not happening. I'm not going to embarrass myself Mm -hmm. because yoga instructors are all beautiful and perfect and they have great bodies. And then I started to think about it a little bit more as I was spinning, sweating. And I thought, why not me? Why not me? Maybe I can break some sort of mold. Mm. Four years later, I'm hoping, and I think I did, break some of the mold through the four years that I did teach. And every body type comes through the door. Yeah. Every body type. So what's important is finding a class and an instructor who can modify and who is welcoming Mm -hmm. and makes you feel comfortable. Yes. One of my friends um, is a yoga teacher for larger bodies. Is that in Somerville? Yes. I think I just started following them on Facebook. What a love. I think that's what it is. Yeah. She's she's wonderful. Let's go. You want to go to a class? (laughs) Yeah, I've been before, yeah. Okay. We're going. Anybody wants to come with us? (laughs) Um, yeah, she, she does, uh, an, you know, she does all the modifications and she's now, um, she went out to Kripalu is where she got her, um, training and she's now gone back to Kripalu to teach other yoga teachers how to be body inclusive Wow! in that. And so I'm, I'm hopeful that that starts to make a trend too, right? That there are more instructions for yoga teachers on how to be body inclusive there's a question i want to ask you but i think this might have to be saved for the second show (laughs) okay yeah i'm gonna save it um i love this question when you look in the mirror what's the first thought you have 
It depends on the day. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. Um, my practice has been when I am feeling, you know, down or crappy or whatever, um, and I'm looking in the mirror to shift and say, I love you and you are beautiful just as you are. So again, and sometimes I wake up and I'm like, God damn, look at you. Woo! <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> Sexy goddess, right? Exactly. Has showed up this morning. <laughs> um, and I love that. And I and, and it doesn't happen every day, right? right? And so when I am critical of myself, I will go into and stand in front of the mirror and just say, I love you and you're beautiful. Um, and it's it's beautiful. I love that practice. I started doing mirror work about a decade ago, and it was one of the most uncomfortable practices I had ever experienced in my yeah. life. But the more I used it, the easier it got, and it really is so effective. And now, it, again, it depends. It depends on where I'm at energetically, where I'm at emotionally. Sometimes I scoop by the mirror really quick, but then I'll stop and I'll go back. And like I said before, I do try to stand naked in front of the mirror every day yeah and to remind myself that this is the body that's been with me now mm -hmm. for almost 53 years yeah and she's not going to weigh 110 pounds and wear stilettos it's not gonna happen right first of all i don't want to wear stilettos let's just get that straight <laughs> but you know what i'm saying yeah. i'm not and this is kind of what i was going to ask you let me just touch on it. It's that, well, what about those people who say, but you have to be healthy? How can you accept that when you're not healthy? And again, I think we're going to move into that conversation the next time you're here. What do you think? Do you want to say anything about that now? Yeah, I mean, I can, I can touch upon okay. it a little bit. I think that it's tricky. I'm not a medical doctor, so I have no medical full background. disclosure. Yeah, I have no medical <laughs> background in that in that sense. But I have personal experience, right? And health and the education, right? It, from the body positive program and all of that, is that health is not just weight. Weight is a factor. Yes, it definitely impacts health. Um, however, there are many many skinny people or people in thin bodies who have health conditions. They sure do. And they're not healthy, right? They're, you know, doing whatever. Um, and there are many people that are in larger bodies who are healthy. So the number on the scale or the number in your clothing is not the end-all, be-all indicator of health. And I think that, again, the diet industry has done a really good job of saying that that's the end-all, be-all of health. Like, you need to be healthy. You need to... Do. There are other numbers that are a factor, like your blood pressure and your blood sugar and your cholesterol and, you know, all of those numbers that that also indicate what health is. And I think health is also, you know, something that we get to choose um, how healthy we want to be. Like, who, who tells us that we have to be healthy? Like... Who's, who, why is that, you know, and a let, given that we're supposed to be healthy? Like, it's, you know, everybody gets to choose how they live their life. So it makes more people comfortable around us? 
I don't know. know. That's just a guess. But what about our mental health? What about that level of healthy? Exactly. Emotional health, spiritual health. Right. We are a whole being. Yes. It's not just the physical body and how much the physical body weighs. Exactly. Before we move on, um, I'm going to ask the listeners and the viewers to think about, be willing to stand naked in front of the mirror. Mm. And that's a great practice. Notice what happens. Notice. So we have thoughts, right? But then we have these back thoughts that are just so repetitive Mm -hmm. that they happen so much. And so often we don't even realize it. But if you listen, you can hear. So it's standing in front of the mirror, noticing and chime in at any point, noticing what you're feeling, what you're thinking, what you want to say, and what's happening in the background. Yeah. Because I always find that, that that whatever's happening in the background is key for moving towards healing, for me, anyway. I know that this is going to be something that we touch upon later, but the one of the practices that I have I have done for quite some time is standing in front of the mirror. Um, I made it a ritual, so... Yes, I remember this. <laughs> so I, um, I had read a study about... This doctor, I think I wrote his name. Frankenstein. Doctor somebody. (laughs) What was his name? I just want to make sure that I say his name right. Uh, Now I don't know where it went. Um, Dr. Masura Emoto. And he did a study on um, putting positive words on bottles of water or containers of water. And so, and then he would look at the the molecules under a microscope. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, he had several c- containers full with like love and joy, just, you know, a marker or something written on the side of the container. Um, just really love positive words like joy and, you know, abundance and all of that. And he would look at the pictures of the molecules. And then on a separate group of containers, he would put like negative words like hate and disgust and all sorts of other you know negative words and would look at at the molecules and it was so amazing to see the shift that a water molecule goes through depending on what the container's intention basically right we set an intention for that container Mm. of this is a container of love and this is a container of hate and to see the the distortion actually that the negative words create in the molecules and so i was like well we're about 70 or 80 percent what are we doing to our water molecules exactly exactly with all that critical voice and the negative talk that we say to ourselves and so i started writing on my container and I took a liquid eyeliner and I would write on my belly because that's um that's the area that I had worked on the most of like that's the most uncomfortable for me and so I would write love on my belly after I got out of the shower every morning um and I would thank you (laughs) um yeah and I would write it on my arm and I would write it like all over, you know, I depending depending on the day. But that was me in standing in front of the mirror. And 
I did this for like two years, I think, every single day. And so in the morning time when I would, because I would leave it on all day, and I would go into the shower the next morning, and it was a ritual of like, I'm going to wash my container, and I'm going to prepare it for whatever word I choose today to put on my body. Um, like I, some days I would put joy, and some days I would write abundance. Um, and it was just, you know, that way of shifting the molecules within my own container. I love that. Yeah. Add that to your list. <laughs> Go out and buy some liquid eyeliner. I have some upstairs. Yeah. I'm going to try that. Yeah. I love that idea. And what a great practice. Yeah. And it was it was really life-changing, too, for me, because, again, prior to that, I'd been, you know, so critical of my body and right. that, you know, just all of those negative thoughts. And I, I got a tattoo, finally, because I, you know, for two years, I was like, you know, tattoos are permanent. <laughs> yeah. Yes, they um, are. <laughs> and so that was what I, you know, the liquid eyeliner for me was like, uh, you know, let me see how it is to have this on my body. And so I did get a tattoo on my wrist that says love. And um, again, that's the constant reminder for me of this is my container mm -hmm. and this is my, you know, temple. And I get to choose what I fill it with. Okay, so you all have some homework. <laughs> we want to know what you thought of standing naked in front of your mirror. I imagine some of you are probably thinking, no way. <laughs> and that's okay. As long as you're willing. Practice being willing. Make that your practice. I am willing to think about standing naked in front of my mirror. The other thing that, um, the other practice that I started with was when I, when I started looking in the mirror, I wasn't convinced when I said, I love you. Like, it, I was like, mm, I feel like I'm lying because I didn't, of course, right? I didn't feel like I loved right. myself, right? And so what I shifted it to was I look forward to the day that I can look at you and say, I love you. Oh, that's beautiful. So it gives that, the it gives space to, to say, I'm open to getting there and I know that I'm not there that felt more in line and with an integrity of where I felt in that time and it was more truthful to me for myself so. that's beautiful right because that's really expansive what you just yeah. said yeah and that's how I feel with the word willingness I use the word willingness a lot mm. like I might not know how to do something but if I'm willing the universe sets the energies in motion for the how to be figured out yeah so wow we gave you lots of practices here lots of tips <laughs> for practices um, and we, I was just going to ask you, what are some of your practices in body positivity? <laughs> yeah, so I do have a couple others. Let me see where that one is. Um, so my first and fourth is like meditation. I think that that is, um, that's just, uh, for me, an imperative foundational practice Amen. that I have to do every single day. Yep. Um, and even when I, like, when I don't do it, for whatever reason, I can feel it. I, I feel it in how I'm thinking about myself mm -hmm. and what's happening, you know. Um, and so grateful that we were able to start before this to do a nice meditation. Yeah, that kinda, was beautiful. You know, bring ourselves into our bodies. Um, so meditation is huge. And um, and again, it's it's honoring that my body is my sacred temple. And being able to clear out the negative thoughts and just give myself a place of um, respite mm -hmm. is important too. Yeah. 
And for those of you who may have just freaked out when you heard the word meditation, I invite you to look at it as stillness. Can you shut your phone off, leave it in the other room, and sit still? Mm. That's it. Just yeah. sit still and witness. Yeah, so uh, do you know Kyle Cease? I don't. He's a he's a stand-up comic turned into a um, motivational speaker. Um, he's great. I, I, I love his energy, and he's really funny. You know, he takes his comedy into it. Um, but he was just doing this um, online meditation the other day, and I was participating in it, and, you know, one of the things that he talked about was, and this is so true, we for, we don't feel comfortable just sitting with ourselves. Mm-hmm. So we distract ourselves with... Phone! Yeah, get the phone, watch TV, eat, um, like... Do anything to be, you know, not with, like ourselves. Not with ourselves and to be like not present to what's happening in any given moment. And so, yes, stillness, just being able to sit with ourselves and notice the urge when you want to get up or like when you're like, ah, I can't do this anymore. It's like, oh, what's that part? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what is that part? And call your spirit back to the present moment. Yeah. That's what I do a lot. Yeah. When I start to go wherever I call my spirit back to the present moment. That works for me. Another idea for a practice. Yep. Um, intuitive eating and intuitive movement are um, two practices that I I also do. So intuitive eating would be, um, again, I think we'll probably touch on this in a later. Yeah, because I'm wicked <laughs> curious. <laughs> but intuitive eating is more checking in with your body, my body, at any given point and saying, am I actually hungry? And if I'm not, I can still choose to eat, but that it's a conscious choice, right? right? Um, and if I am hungry, how hungry am I? And what do I want to eat? Mm-hmm. Like, what does my body want or need right now? And again, it is getting a little bit quiet with ourselves so that we can hear, right? But I think we've, we've been taught in a, since like we were little kids, to not listen to our bodies. Our bodies are so intelligent and our bodies know when to eat and when not to eat. They sure do. And you look at any toddler, right? And they're like, nope, I'm done. Or even a baby will spit food out, right? But in our fast-paced, organized, and scheduled lives, we're like, no, finish your food. It's breakfast time right now. It's lunchtime here, you know, when you're at school or whatever. Like, you've got 20... I mean, I just heard... Somebody, they give kids 20 minutes to eat breakfast or lunch. I think that's just way too fast. Yeah. It's not mindful. It's no. not present. Um, but so, they have academics to learn. Exactly. So, but like we've been programmed to not listen to our bodies and not, mm-hmm. not to listen to our satiety, like, and our fullness and our, our you know, hunger cues. Um, but we know them all. We do. It's just remembering that we have them and getting back in touch with that. And so intuitive eating is stillness, stillness and listening and and listening and remembering that our bodies know when they need to eat and when they don't. My husband made um, these. He was he loves to cook breakfast, but he had these potato cakes and I was walking by the stove and he's like, I saw them and I said, wow, those are a lot in there. Who are you cooking those for? He's like, oh, I thought you might want one or two with your egg. And I like I said to him, nah. He's like, oh, yeah, you're trying to eat clean. I forgot about that. And I went upstairs and I took a shower. And I was thinking about it when I was in the shower. 
And I came back downstairs and I said, if I wanted to eat one of those, I don't care how clean I want to eat, I'm going to eat one of those. But I know if I eat one, I know exactly what my body is going to feel like if I eat that. Mm. And I'm not going to eat that because I don't want to feel that way. Yeah. So that is, it's that kind of trial and error Mm -hmm. of you're eating food. How do I feel eating food? How do I feel? But that, again, is a practice. It's that taking the time to tune in. Yeah. Yeah. What about the intuitive movement? So the intuitive movement is a similar thing. Our bodies our bodies know when they need to move and, and with what amount to move. And, you know, I think that there's a lot of um, pressure, again, from the diet and fitness industry to, you know, work out and work out and work out and work out. I'm all for movement. I'm all for working out. It's when you stop listening to your body that it gets really dangerous. It, I mean, it, it, that's when it becomes a problem, right? Mm-hmm is because you're pushing yourself past anything that your body is really needing right then. Right. And so, you know, and it's also the, you know, the mental health piece of it. It's like, oh, well, I should be working out. I should be going to the gym. I should be trying to lose weight. I should be, you know, blah, 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 all the shoulds. It's how does my body want to move right now? Because I'm sure, you know, my job as a therapist and coach, I sit, <laughs> I sit a lot, and I can feel it. Like my body is like, please get up and stretch, right? So in between each client, I get up and I stretch a little bit and I like shake my body out um, to prepare myself for the next client because I'm going to be sitting for another, you know, 45 to an hour. Right. And But listening to that piece of it or, you know, um, rather than going to the gym, right, it's like, you know what? My body prefers to go for a vigorous hike. There you go. Right? Yes. It doesn't I know exactly to, what you're saying. It doesn't have to be in a gym. And if you like the gym, great. Go to the go. gym. Yes. And if you like to do the weights, great. Do the weights. If you like to do the cardio or you like to do the classes, the spin classes, I mean, all of those are fantastic. Just listen. Right. Listen. And that's, yeah, that's another good positive body positive practice. I love that. All right. Please share some of your work, services, and offerings in body love and body positivity. So like I shared, or like you shared, (laughs) I am a therapist, um, a licensed mental health counselor. I work with women um, primarily, and I work with them around um, body image, disordered eating, type stuff and really just like how do we start to remember that our bodies are so smart and we can have a conversation with them and we can have a relationship with them so it's helping women to bring themselves back into themselves and um and i'm starting to offer coaching um in addition to that so um so the you know if there are more of the mental health issues uh, more diagnosable stuff then you know that's appropriate for therapy Um, And then I have more of the body positive for women that, you know, want to just begin to have that practice of body love and body positivity. So I'm doing one on one video sessions with people. Great. Um, And I've I'm not sure exactly when, hopefully sometime this spring, but I offer um, an eight week course on body positive, being a body positive person. And so um 
I will, you know, share that with you yeah, once it's absolutely. up and running. Um, <clears throat> and I've done, you know, workshops and that's one of my, you know, hopes and dreams is to, um, to do like a retreat on healing, um, healing the relationship with our bodies. And my, my biggest gate is dance. I love to dance. And I think that there's, and just movement again, you know, being out in nature for me is, is beautiful. And that's how my soul gets nourished. And, um, but being able to bring that to others that, that through movement, we can heal, we can heal our relationships through our body. And it doesn't have to necessarily be through strictly through like a psychological aspect or like the processing like from a more linear perspective mm-hmm. that it it's really non-linear like to to just explore whatever that looks like for any one individual person you know I love that so I just want to make it clear that Christina will be back on the podcast <laughs> yes. and that um when you said retreat I saw myself there with you in what capacity I don't know yet but mm. all good things to come I'm creating a collage, uh, a vision board for for my retreat. Good. Um, I just found a space, <laughs> this beautiful beautiful retreat in Ibiza. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited. Great. Are there any last words of wisdom that you would like to share with our audience today? So, in preparing for this um, conversation with you, Every time I thought about like, oh, how do I, you know, what do I want to share? How do I want to bring myself? Um, what would be important to bring forth? I kept getting the image or the sensation of really just drop into your body, like come home to your body. And I think that's the message is we oftentimes in our society a lot is there, you know, go, 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 go. We're in the linear process we're in that masculine like just get shit done and don't matter about what anything else just get get it done right and and then on to the next thing and then on to the next thing without pausing with there's no break we don't we don't um we don't support downtime right i mean most people don't get like two weeks of vacation in a year right right and so we don't honor that practice and so that is the message is just take a moment to pause and drop back into your body to come home to yourself and that is yeah that is what my hope is for the work that I do is to help people come back home and be here in their bodies their beautiful sacred temples it's beautiful what a wonderful way to end (laughs) <laughs> where can folks find you so i think you'll post this but I will. um i have the my website which is www.lovechristinamarie um christina with a k dot com um you can find me on psychology today so that's more of my therapy practice um and uh facebook and instagram is at love christina marie um for both places Beautiful. Yeah. Thank you so much for being Thank here. Thank you for having me. It's what a been great, so fun. What a great conversation. <laughs> I, and again, I'm like, I just want to keep talking because there are all these other, other things. But 
Like I said, you're coming back. Will you come back on? Yeah, of course. Okay, so she's coming back on. (laughs) And I'm thrilled about that. Thank you all so much for tuning in, for listening, for watching. I greatly appreciate you. And I wish you a magical day.